Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Back Pain Podcast, the only show designed to help you manage your back pain. Now, I'm your host, Rob Evan, and today my co-host, David Elliott, is sunning himself in sunnier climates abroad, so it is just myself. And today I'm discussing when should you be doing your exercises. Let's go. Welcome to the Back Pain Podcast with Rob and Dave, the only show geared specifically to help educate you about your back pain. We talk to the experts to bust the myths, break down the science, and give you all the top tips for living pain-free. So if you're driving to work, tidy in the house, or even laid up at home in pain, we have something for everyone. So we know that exercises are effective for self-management of back pain. And we also know that well, it doesn't really matter the kind of exercises that you're doing, be that at-home stretches or yoga, swimming, weightlifting. Now at the Back Pain Podcast, we're really not fans of putting barriers on exercise. So if you enjoy it and it's not making your pain worse, carry on. But the question we get a lot is, well, when should I be doing them? And these questions often come around the prescribed type of exercises. You know, the, the sheet that someone's emailed to you or given to you or they've gone over with you in the treatment room. And now for me, this question often shows a misunderstanding of what exercises actually do for pain. Now, the exercises I give for people in pain or patients in pain generally are something that they can do that if possible, they could enjoy because that's always means they're more likely going to do it. But the goal being is to improve some movement in the body. It's to challenge the spine and other structures with some gentle load, which, yes, can improve pain. And of course, that is the long-term goal. But I see it as, well, if we can improve some movement through the spine, you'll take that new movement and use it as you go about your other activities of daily living. If through some simple exercises, for example, we can improve your rotation or your twisting, the next time you turn around in the car to check on something, you have that newfound increased range of motion. And it might not be as painful or might not be as trigger for pain every time you twist. And if we're gradually reducing these triggers, it helps just to calm everything down. Now, the other type of exercise I utilize a lot is what might be referred to as a strength type exercise. Now, people often assume that they are in pain because they are weak and strengthening is often what's needed. Now, in some cases, yes, and strengthening your body is never going to be a bad thing. However, you aren't likely in pain because you are inherently weak. Most people think they are, and this is a quite a common, a common misconception. Think about if I have a young 30-year-old, the chance of him or her being significantly, weak, being, being significantly weaker than my next 75-year-old patient is quite slim. However, they both have back pain, back pain, and they likely also didn't have pain a few months ago when they had a very similar or the same level of strength. And while strengthening type exercises will help them both, they don't need to get significantly stronger to get rid of their pain. We don't need to get that 70-year-old patient to the same level of strength as the 30-year-old to help get rid of their back pain. Now, what I don't want to imply is that I give stretching type exercises to people in, in extreme pain and strengthening type exercises to people that aren't in pain, far from it. It might also be the other way around. Now, strengthening exercises just apply some loads to the tissues involved, i.e. they make them do some work. That then increases their capacity to cope with the activities of daily living or everything that you, th you throw at your body every single day and everything that it's designed to do. Now, often, as we've said before, pain comes on when we do too much of an activity too often after doing too little for too long. The old rule of twos that we spoke about before. Now, the classic example of this is what we call the new, <laughs> the new parent back. I don't really like that term, but yeah, people understand what I mean. Anyone who's had a child will know that all of a sudden you spend your entire life 
carrying, bending, lifting a 10 pound weight around with you. And pretty much 24 seven, you don't really get any or much respite from that. Now, if you've never spent much time or any time bending and lifting or carrying, then quite quickly, you're going to overload these tissues. You're going to overload your capacity for what you're used to. But this isn't because you're inherently weak. You just aren't prepared for what you're suddenly forced to do all the time. And the same goes for something like gardening. If you spend all winter inside, avoiding much bending and lifting, and then suddenly the sun comes out and you've got to spend six hours fixing the garden, you know, for that garden party you've got coming up, you can see that as that sudden spike in load or activity might be too much for your system to handle. So my approach with patients in pain is firstly to calm down that pain. And there's many different techniques that we've spoken about before that can be used to help reduce pain. It might be advice, it might be reassurance, it might be medication, it might be some hands-on treatment, it might be some basic exercises. And then it's ultimately about getting you prepared for doing those tasks and getting some exercises which can align to your goals. So doing exercises like picking up a kettlebell or swinging a kettlebell or doing a bit more bending or a bit more lifting with some weights. You know, that could be a bag of earth or some soil or some, you know, Tesco's bag with some laundry detergent is one I get a lot of patients to use. Are you a training people for everyday life? So then this goes on to the question, well, when should I be doing these exercises, whatever they are? Now, my answer is, well, it really doesn't matter, especially if you're in pain. If you've got some simple movements or some stretches, you know, um, Ben McCormack talks about referring to these as movement snacks. I don't really mind when you do them, especially if they help. You can do these movements or these exercises every 15 minutes if you want to. Now, the only caveat or difference here is if we're doing a more strengthening type exercise, especially if you're new to these, and sometimes a more gradual approach is needed, or we might be in a similar position to that gardening warrior who spent six hours in the garden. Too much might overload you. So sometimes a more guided or graded approach is sometimes required. Now, a really good analogy for doing exercise is something I read online, I think from Greg Lehman, so if, but I might be wrong. So if anyone has read this or heard where this comes from, please let me know, is when doing your exercises, it's akin to drinking water. We all know that you should be regularly drinking water every day, but we also know that you should really drip feed this throughout the day. No pun intended. Now, you wouldn't not drink anything all day and then get home and chug two litres of water. You'd slowly have amounts throughout the day. And you also know that you shouldn't wait until you're dying of thirst to drink or that, or that even when you aren't actually thirsty, you should be drinking. The same goes for exercise. It's not waiting until you're in pain, although that might still be a good time to do exercise. It's not waiting until you're in severe pain to actually do them. It's doing them slowly throughout the day. Finding a time that suits you, drip feeding them, adding in these movement snacks gradually throughout the day, slotting them in throughout the day is the best approach that I can advise. I often advocate for things that people can do when they're doing other activities, you know, tie these exercises to another habit, like brushing their teeth or waiting for the kettle to boil. Something I give an awful lot of is a backwards lunge or, or a reverse lunge. And I simply say, do this when the kettle's boiling. You can use the countertop for support. And in that two, three minutes whilst the kettle's boiling, do a few backwards lunges or any other exercise that I might have, might have prescribed. Such a simple way. And if you can trigger it or tie it to another habit, it means you're not going to forget to do it. So I hope that it helps people understand my approach to exercises for people with back pain. Now, if you have any questions at all, feel free to reach out via email, hello at the back pain podcast or social media at the back pain podcast across all formats. And now if you also would like a personal and quality approach to managing your own back pain, then head on over to thebackpainpodcast.com where you can visit our provider map. Simply pop in your postcode and you can find someone who has been pre-approved by us local to you to help you manage your back pain. 
So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope talking about exercise has made some sense. As I said, if you've got any questions about it, please let me know. And I really look forward to catching you on the next episode. Over and out.